So let's start with um, Ephesians 6.10. Let's just go there. And um, again, <laughs> I believe this would be the last Sunday, but uh, we're, we're going to just focus on the perseverance. And the perseverance is so important in your prayer. And, and especially, I would have to say, intercession, uh, the perseverance. Um, Sometimes it's constant intercession for a situation until he taps you and says, okay, take a, you know, you don't need to do that right now, but I'll let you know the next time. And a lot of times when we've interceded in intercession, we get what I call a release. You've heard me talk about that before. You have a freedom on the inside. You have a song. You have a, a, a witness of peace or you have a giggle. You know, and so, so anyway, those are releases that you can experience. And when you experience that release, release, then you're done interceding at that point in time. Now, that does not mean that uh, the Lord won't tap you um, maybe two hours later to do it again. He, he may tap you to pray again, to stand in the gap for the situation. Um I was just, uh, I was just, I just heard this um, testimony. It was during the Vietnam War, and this uh, mother was home, and and um, I don't know if it was, uh, I don't know what the son's name was. I believe it was the son, but anyway, he was in Vietnam, and and all of a sudden she had a burden. She dropped her knees to pray, prayed, and she got a release, and she got up and. And in her prayer, she says, stay put, stay, have him stay put, Lord, have him stay put, have him stay put. So she got up and went about doing her business or whatever she was doing. All of a sudden, she dropped to her knees again in prayer and prayed for, for this son and have, Lord, keep him still, keep him quiet, have him stay put, stay put, stay put. So she went on about and then all of a sudden, she dropped to her knees again. And this time, the intercession was, Lord, have him get up, run, run, run. Have him get up and run. Have him get up and run. And so in the intercession, it was later on when uh, when I think he wrote or whatever he did, he got, got back to him and he was in a, a helicopter. And the helicopter had gone down or had, um, uh, well, I, I, I think it had gone down or something like that. But anyway, he had landed right in uh, territory the, the Vietnamese or whatever were coming and they saw his parachute in the tree and he had landed in these soft bushes. And, and uh, anyway, the Vietnamese, or the, they had gotten so close to him they were even standing on his pant leg. They were standing on his pant leg. And he said, he's told later, he says, it was just like there was something. I was pinned down. I could not move. I could not move. I was pinned down. And then he thought he saw a clearing, so he was going to get up and, and go. And he said, I was pinned down again, and I could not move. I could not move. And so then the third, the third time he heard the helicopter, it was a helicopter to rescue. And so what he did was then he, um, he was released. He got up, and he ran, 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 ran to that helicopter and got out of there. So see how important intercession is? And to be obedient to do it when he tells you to drop to your feet and do it. Drop to your knees and do it. <laughs> Drop to your knees and do it. See how important it is? And if you're sensitive on the inside, you'll hear those promptings. 
um, even if you're not, and, and you just want to be obedient to his will, it'll, it, the, the weight and the heaviness of it will, over, will, will get across to you what you need to do. Amen? Okay, so I'm just going to start with Ephesians 6, reading through. Finding be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, I want you to understand, this is a spiritual battle we are in. A spiritual warfare. It's not physical. Okay, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist an evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, and that stand firm there is part of the perseverance, standing firm. Therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now I'm going to stop right there. Remember, we talked about our guy. This is what this is what Paul saw when he was writing this this um, book. He saw the Roman soldier. So basically, he used everything that was on the Roman soldier to describe what we already have been given in the spirit realm. You already have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. You already have all of that. But the thing is, are you using it? Are you implementing it in your intercession? Are you implementing it in your everyday walk of life? Um, that's, that's the question. You can have all that on you. You can have healing resident within you. Are you walking in healing and wholeness in life? Are you? I mean, that's for you to answer. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... Then verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. Our prayer is in the spirit. It's not in the flesh. Our prayer is in the flesh. Your prayer, your fleshly prayer will not go anywhere. It has to be in the spirit. Okay? And with this in view, be on the alert. That word alert there. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about it, but the word alert, be on the alert. I've shared this with you before. I'm always listening down here. I'm always listening. I'm talking to you right now, and I'm listening down here. What's he saying? What's he want? And so even last night, and I when I went to bed, I, I, I looked, and I listened, and I had it all clear on the inside. Everything's okay. Everywhere. <laughs> I'm not everywhere. I'm just in my realm. But everything was okay. I had a peace on the inside. It was all clear. <laughs> I don't know exactly how else to explain that, but it was just, there was just freedom on the inside. Everything was okay. Um, everything was okay. And so if, if there's an area where I maybe would be weighted with a care and anxiety, because that happens, you know, and you, you don't feel free here. You know what I'm saying? You're burdened. Then deal with it. Get up and intercede and get it off of you. Cast the care. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. Make every request. Make your exact request known unto God. Because then the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So if, you're, if you are burdened at all, pray. Pray the word on these situations. Cast the care on him because he cares for you. Amen? Trust him to take care of it. 
get your peace or your freedom on the inside, knowing everything is okay. You see what I mean? Everything is okay. So we want everything to be okay, especially when you go to bed. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so um, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. With this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, for all the saints. And we talked about that. There's the four alls. We've talked about all the saints before. But most of you understand all the saints is the Lord will tap you to pray for somebody in Iraq or he'll tap you to pray for somebody in South America. You may not know that's where you're praying or you may not know anything about the situation, but you have a weight here. You have a burden and something's amiss. Just like that, like that, uh, I believe it's a mama or an aunt that dealt with the soldier in Vietnam. She just was bothered to, to just drop to her knees to deal with it. And, and, um, and so God wants, that's why we can pray all the time in the spirit for all the saints, because we're doing it in the spirit. Okay? And so he needs people to pray and stand in the gap for people that are hurting, that are, are um, waiting to be crucified. You know, I mean, waiting to uh, be annihilated because of their belief. Amen? So he, he'll tap you to pray for help for people. Okay, so, so Paul is describing in, in the, the armor what you already have been given. And uh, it's a spiritual war, so your spirit man is what needs to rise up in the war. Your spirit man, not your flesh. <clears throat> you don't let your flesh get angry about something. If you, and I try and encourage people to do this, if you're angry, take that and yield over to this, your prayer language and the Spirit of God and pray it out that way. Pray it out that way. You know what I mean? Okay, it's going to set you free at the same time you're going to be praying for the situation. Is, do you understand what I'm saying? If you're angry about something, of course, repent and deal with it, but... Take that and intercede and break the power of that, that demonic influence off of you and off of your family or whoever you're angry at. You know what I mean? Just deal with it. Take your, get aggressive in your intercession. You know, we're just in, praying in your prayer language is just the first level of your prayer language. There's groaning and travailing that is available for the church to be doing. Amen? Okay, so we can't see our enemy, but he is real. He is very real. Okay, and, and we can't see the armor that we have on, but it's very real. The armor is very real, and it's ready and waiting to be implemented in, in your time of prayer. So pray in the Spirit. <clears throat> um, let's see. Okay, so um, I always shared with you how I, was, how I sensed this week a waning in the church. I'm like this. Well, what's waning? <laughs> it's a decrease in vigor. A decrease in vigor, uh, decrease in power, the church becoming weaker, not engaged and laid back. So, um, so I think was it Saturday? Maybe you guys remember Saturday. Was there more prayer for the body of Christ than usual? Do you guys remember? But there was prayer for the body of Christ. I think more on Saturday than usual. And um, uh, we need to keep them, we need to pray for the body of Christ to be engaged in what's going on. Amen? Okay, so um, so we're supposed to stay on the alert and, 
in verse 18, be on the alert. Be on the alert. Strong purpose and perseverance. Persevering. Persevering, when you think about persevering, (laughs) holding on. Holding on. A constant in pursuit of a situation or undertaking. You're in pursuit. You're persevering. You're pursuing God's righteousness in that situation. Does that make sense? You're pursuing it. Amen? You want God's righteousness to manifest in this country, so we're pursuing it in intercession. We're persevering. We're not going to step back and let somebody else do it. We're going to persevere and persevere, and we're going to pray and intercede as far as we get a release. And then when God tells us to pray and and persevere and intercede, we're going to go at it again. Then we're going to go at it again. And then we're going to go at it again until we get the total victory. Now, you can, like like I said earlier, you see where things are. We're starting to see some things manifest. That's not the sign to lay, lay back or stop the pressure on the demonic realm. That's not, you keep putting pressure on the demonic realm by praise and by intercession, all types of prayer that it says here in, in 18. You keep the pressure on the demonic realm. Then they, when they feel that, feel is not the right word, but when they sense that pressure, they start squealing like pigs. They start squealing. You're seeing some of it. Uh, they're turning against each other. Um, they're already, um, uh, people are coming whistleblowers coming forward. So some of that, it's just, it has to be broken up, and that's what we're doing right now. The body of Christ is standing in the gap against the demonic influences that have been arrayed in this country for years. When you think about it, for years, the stronghold of unrighteousness has been in our our capital for years. It's been there for years. So it's going to take a constant effort to continue to command it to come down in Jesus' name. Bringing it down in Jesus' name. We're bringing it down in Jesus' name so that the tower, and we've been praying this for a long time on Wednesday night, so that the tower of righteousness can be erected. We want a tower of righteousness in our country. Amen? Amen? In order to get a tower of righteousness, the church has to pray and pull down the stronghold of unrighteousness and pray for the tower of righteousness to rise up. Amen? We have to do that. The church has to do that. We do our part, and and we just do what we know to do, and we keep on it. And so I think that's why it's really important. Um, um, There was uh, something when we were interceding yesterday that you can kind of tell, you know, when things are coming out, when it's the Spirit of God. Some of these things now are being said, like a landslide victory. Um, um, we've been praying that for some time. That was something the Lord showed me, that we would have a landslide victory. <laughs> it does not look like it, does it? But it doesn't make any difference because it is a landslide victory. And all the votes, and I heard the, the lady on um, uh, Lou Dobbs, she said, all these votes, if all the votes were counted, and she's, a, she's a legal for Trump, and, and they're finding all this stuff out, she said it would be a landslide victory. And last Sunday, do you remember, I said that it is, uh, the corruption is wide and deep. She said the same thing. 
It's wide and deep. And so um, there was something else. I don't remember it right now that I said yesterday when we were praying. It was yesterday when we were praying for... Uh, um, anyway, I just knew it was a... Uh, the Spirit of God that was was bringing that forth, that understanding, so that will help us pray effectively. So that's why I have continued to call in the landslide victory, what the Lord shows me. And I think I've I've shared with you, you know, when you're praying in the Spirit, when you're interceding, you pray in line with he, what He shows you. You're praying His will, and He's revealing His will to you, so you're praying His will out. And then when you're praying His will out, it's coming into manifestation. Angels move on that, and it brings it about, okay? So when you hear something in in the spirit realm, whether you're praying for your children, whether you're praying for your job, whatever you're praying, when when you hear something in the spirit realm that God is telling you about that situation, pray it out. Because, see, oh, let's... We've gone here before, but this is part of my notes. We just got to go to uh, Romans 8, please. And I'm going to read this out of Amplified just because it, it, it is um, so good. It amplifies it really well. And I, and I can't say what I'm saying enough because it's really important that you understand how the flow of intercession goes so that you can do it and you accomplish or accomplishing something. And... Um, Let's look at 25, 825, and this is the Amplified. But if we hope for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience and composure. Correct? You're all waiting for things to manifest with patience and composure, right? It's really important. That's an important part in your intercession. Okay, verse 26. So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what what prayer to offer or how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And then verse 27, And he who searches the hearts of men, who's, who's that? He who? Who? He? Who? Yeah. He who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit searches the hearts of men, knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. So the Holy Spirit is working through us, working through us to bring, because he knows what's, let's just use Dennis. He knows what Dennis's heart is. And so say, say the Lord asked me to pray for Dennis. I don't need to know anything, or maybe I do. But if I do know something, it's nobody else's business, you know. So he asked me to pray and intercede for Dennis, groaning, travailing. And so he may show me something that is a place of bondage to Dennis. He may show that to me. So what I do is I, I, I either repent or I break the power of it or whatever it is. I command it to get off of him. So what I'm doing is I'm doing what Paul said in... Um, uh, Galatians, I think Paul prayed again until Christ was formed in him. What I'm doing is I'm standing in the gap on his behalf, 
bringing about God's will because God is revealing to me his will for Dennis. So I pray it out. The angels hear that and then they hearken to the word of the Lord to go to bring it to pass on his behalf. Now, see, he has to make a choice to step into that. But now he has the opportunity to make a choice because all the junk is off his head. I mean, all the junk is gone so he can hear clearly what God is saying, what God is saying to him. So then he can make a right choice to walk it out. So Christ is being formed in him as I'm travailing and he's making a choice to be to let Christ be formed in him. Does that make sense? So 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 there has to be that that persevering prayer. And I've shared this before, but if that doesn't happen the first time, do you give up? Oh, forget him. (laughs) Forget him. He's not going to ever hear God. No. Perseverance continues to stand in the gap on his behalf. He may show you something else that is a stumbling block for him. But again, you break the power of it, command it to get off of him or whatever. You know, maybe it's unforgiveness. Whatever it is, the Lord will show you. You pray that out on their behalf or the situation's behalf until God can get in there and do something with it. Amen? Okay, so perseverance. Perseverance doesn't mean one time only. Perseverance doesn't mean two times. Perseverance may be ten times in one week. I don't know. It depends on what the Lord, if he sees things that are happening that need to change in that situation, he'll prompt you to do it. And we're talking about intercession. We're not talking about the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is a one-time shot. And in this, when you're standing in a gap for people or when you're persevering, praying for all the saints, it is usually a prayer of intercession. It doesn't mean that there isn't other prayers involved, like the prayer of praise and worship, the prayer of agreement, all those prayers. There's a lot of prayers that are involved. It says with all prayer, all prayer, amen, all prayer. Prayer of faith is is different. I mean, not different. We can... um, um, what do I want to say? It's not, it's, it's basically you yourself believing God for your situation. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. So persevere, persevere, perseveres, perseverance. If you've ever walked through a situation where you, you stood in the gap and you prayed and you prayed, you stood in the gap and you persevered and you see breakthrough, it strengthens, it strengthens the church. Perseverance strengthens the church. Perseverance builds your character. (laughs) It builds your character. It causes you to become strong on the inside. And when, especially when you see breakthrough, (laughs) devil, you haven't got a chance with this next situation. I know who I am in Christ and I'm standing in the gap on behalf of this next situation. And it's got to move just like that one did. Amen. That's who you are. That's who you become when you stand in the gap and you persevere. Um, um, your ability to stand fast in, in, a, in a trial or a situation, it, it gets stronger, okay? You become closer to God in the midst. Let's look at um, Abraham, Genesis 18, please. Okay, are we hooting and hollering yet? Hmm? <laughs> Genesis 18. And this is so cute. This is a place where, well, cute, is that right, Lord? Um, this is a place where Abraham was standing in the gap uh, on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we've, we've mentioned this before, but I want you to see. <clears throat> and this is where our relationship needs to get to. 
God's our father. He's our best friend. He's closer. I mean, he's just close to us. He knows everything about us. He knows where you're missing it. He knows how to help you. He just knows you, period. And so I want you to look at, um, look at verse 22 in Genesis 18. I think that tells Okay, verse, yeah, we'll start with 22 in, in chapter 18. Everybody there? Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom while Abraham was still standing before the Lord. And, of course, the men were the angels. And um, anyway, verse 23, and Abraham came near and said, can you just picture this? Abraham came near to God. He said, and this is what he said. He said, will thou indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50, God, 50 righteous. Would you even do that then? And, of course, God goes, um, suppose, verse 24, there are 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you, God. Far be it for you to do such a thing. You wouldn't do that, would you? You wouldn't do that, would you? You see that in verse 25, how Abraham's pleading on behalf, because God is his best friend. I'm just going to tell you, you're not, you're not going to do that, are you, Father? You're such a good guy. You're not going to do that, are you, for 50 people? Ah, yeah. And he says, and God says, um, in verse, uh, far be it from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord said in verse 26, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham answered and said, Now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Suppose the fifty righteous are lacking five. Will that destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. (laughs) And he spoke to him yet again and said, Suppose forty are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the forty. Then he said, oh, may the Lord not be angry. I shall speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find 30. And he said, now behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 20. (sighs) Do you notice? It's still, he's he's pursuing, persevering. He didn't stop with when he got him to say 50. (laughs) He didn't stop. Verse, in verse 32, then he said, Oh, may the Lord not be angry. I shall speak only this once. Suppose ten were, are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the ten. And as soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed and Abraham returned to his place. And so, um, so you can see a good picture of the perseverance, the perseverance in behalf of a, a, a place that was in sin, tremendous sin. Well, you know there was not ten there, but God still delivered Lot and um, his wife and his two daughters out of there, even though there was not ten left. But um, God still took care of Abraham. And um, so I, wa- I want you to see that picture of per- perseverance, perseverance. You know, um, okay, um, it's an excellent picture of perseverance. So I want you to, um, uh, let's see, let's go to, um, uh, let's go to Exodus, why don't we? This is my, uh, my own testimony about something, when I was talking a little bit ago about, um, 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. Isaiah 66. I told you wrong. When I was talking about having a song at the end of, you know, a release when you're, when you're interceding. And that has gone from um, different things to different things. But when I was first learning to, to intercede, the Lord gave, I, at the end, I would get these words, peace like a river. And I go, well, peace like a river. So I thought, well, is that scriptural? So I looked it up. And so in Isaiah sixty-six twelve, it is. It says, um, for thus says the Lord, behold, I extend peace to her like a river. And so that was always my, my place of release that the Lord showed me that scripture verse, peace like a river. So I knew that. But through the through the years, I've learned other releases. You know, like I said, the giggle. And uh, um, now it's a, some kind of a dialect that I do when I have a release, you know. And so... Um, uh, so it just it just varies. It depends. I think it depends upon what the intercession is that's being done as well. You know, sometimes I don't have a big booming piece like a river or a big booming song. Sometimes I just have, I don't have anything else to intercede on. And I'm, I'm just done. I just know I'm done or I need to stop and then wait for his instruction to go ahead. Because, see, he will instruct you in what you're to pray and what you're to do. As you pray in the Spirit, you'll hear his will, and then you pray it back to him, okay? So let's look at, um, uh, let's look at Elijah, First um, Kings. And I want to talk a little bit, especially since we just, um, we're, we're talking about perseverance. First Kings 18, 18. Verse 41, we're not talking about the whole, the whole thing, uh, Elijah, from beginning to end. Um, just the part where it talks about the rain, you know, and he just did the battle in the flesh, of course, with the, with the Baal gods. Um, but verse 41, and, and he won that battle, and the Baal gods were all, were all killed annihilated and you know that's what you do in the spirit realm you're annihilating you're not killing them you're annihilating you're breaking their power so they have no power no influence we'll use dennis again uh, if we enforce the defeat of that spirit of fear what i'm doing is i'm using my authority and i'm standing in the gap and i'm commanding that fear to go for him in jesus name i use my authority to do that and so then he has the opportunity to move against that and and let God uh, the Christ uh, let God uh, till Christ is formed in him amen Christ he's able to let the new man flow into that area is that right am I making that right <laughs> anyway so so he's able to um, uh, allow God to have control of his life in that area instead of a spirit of fear there that maybe makes more sense okay so first Kings 18. 41, now Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat, and drink, for there's the sound of the roar of the heavy shower. And I, I just taught on this not too long back, but the, see, Elijah heard the rain in the spirit realm. Well, I've just been talking to you about He heard the rain in the spirit realm. Just like when you're praying in the spirit, God will show you something in the spirit realm. And, and so he heard the rain in the spirit realm. And then uh, verse 42 and it's the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. We talked about that before. That is a birthing 
travailing birthing position that Elijah was in, and that still is um, very prevalent in intercession today. Um, And so then in verse 43, and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, and so Elijah said, go back seven times. Now you can answer this question yourself, but would you quit after the first time? Okay, maybe I didn't hear that ring right. You know what I mean? Maybe I didn't get it right. Hmm. I've questioned myself before. What are you saying, Lord? (laughs) Don't make sense to me. Uh, You know, you question yourself sometimes. Did I really hear that? If you do question yourself, just stay stay and pray in the spirit. Let him show you again. So, Lord, confirm that to me. What, what do we? What do we? What is it? <laughs> what are we doing here? But I've I've learned my leadings enough now that I don't have that so much. You know, um, I just and I don't I don't pay any attention if somebody if I ask somebody when I'm doing deliverance, what about this and this in your life? And I don't know anything about that. I just hit it anyway because I know my leading and I know what I hear, and so I deal with it for them. Okay. Verse, um, so seven times. So how many of you would have, I'm, I don't want to raise a hand. Don't raise your hand. How many of you would have quit after the first time and that servant came back and said, I don't see a thing. There's no cloud. Sun is shining. No cloud, no rain. Would you have quit interceding? Or would you have stayed steadfast because God told you there was an abundance of rain coming and you needed to pray it in? That's what we should, should do. We should persevere. So he had to send his servant back, verse um, 43. And he said to his servant, go up, now look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go back seven times. And it came about at the seventh time that he said, behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down so that the heavy shower does not stop you. See, he was waiting for that cloud to appear. Okay. That he knew that he knew that he knew that he had the victory in that. So him, him hearing, him hearing that uh, there's abundance of rain. When you hear in the spirit realm, what God is telling you, it enables you to stand. I think we talked about this last week. What you hear in the spirit realm, what God is revealing to you, helps you stand firm against the schemes and tactics of the enemy to get you to stop making intercession on behalf of that. Because you know that you know that you know when you heard God's will, when you heard him tell you this and this is going on. When I hear him tell me to break the power of a spirit affair off of somebody, I know that I know that I know that's right. And it's going to get broken off of them in Jesus' name so that they can be free. Okay, so I know that I hear that. So we have to come to the place when he tells you there's an abundance of rain coming that you're not going to question yourself, but you're going to come against it. You're going to pull it in. You're going to travail. You're going to birth it in. You're going to intercede it in, whatever it is he's telling you. Amen? And not give up just because you don't see it after four times or you don't see it until the seventh time. Okay? You can't give up. You can't give up on those. And, you know, like I've told you, there's situations that as I'm tapped to pray, um, you know, some of them have, have gone a number of years. number of years. This area is one of them, you know. Believe in for what God has, he wants to do here. I've, I've seen so many things come and go, come and go, come and go. Not necessarily here, but in this area, come and go. 
come and go. People get discouraged and they leave. People get, pastors get discouraged and they're defeated. They don't know how to stand against the demonic influences. Amen? Okay, so he sent his servant seven times. So each time uh, Elijah travailed, but no manifestation. Elijah prayed until he saw the manifestation of what God told him. Sometimes we can we continue to pray like Paul until Christ was formed in them or Christ that situation was was manifested. Okay, an, another example. Um, let's go to First Samuel chapter one. Another another example of perseverance. And this is about Hannah persevering. And uh, um, I mean, I would encourage you to read that whole that whole thing. Um, um, it's real. It's all really good. Um, basically, Hannah had no children, and she wanted children. Verse four. And when the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Pinnah, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. And it happened year after year. After years, she was believing for for um, a child. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her, so she wept and would not eat. Then her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple. And she, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. So sometimes, you know, when we're in intercession, we're greatly distressed about a situation. That situation is what you want to take. And go before the Lord and start out in your prayer language. And yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You'll find yourself groaning and travailing and crying out to God in anguish, you know, and and crying out to him. Um, And she greatly, and she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and went barely. And she, verse 11, she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thy maidservant and remember me and not forget thy maidservant, but will thou but will give thy maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and the razor shall never come on his head. Of course we're talking about Samuel, remember. Now verse twelve, now it came about as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. Eli thought she was drunk, but she wasn't, she was praying. Her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. Told her to put away her wine. (laughs) But Hannah, verse 15, answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. But what was she doing? She didn't walk around with it, staying oppressed. She got into intercession. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Remember we talked about that scripture verse I, I don't know if that's Psalms or where it is, but you pour out your heart. You pour out your heart. You, I don't know if I can really demonstrate that. I know what I'm talking about, but you have everything on the, everything going wrong, 
God already knows all that. But get before him and pour out your heart. Don't think, don't think you have to have it all eloquent. Don't think you have to do that. But pour out your heart. And what it does is it brings freedom on the inside of you. God then is big enough he can take it and unravel it and make something happen with it. You know, do what you know to do. Pour out your heart. And as you do that, you'll grow in a place of intercession. You'll grow in knowing what to say and what not to say. But just pour out your heart. Get that junk off of you. Don't let it, don't let it continue to fester and, and make you angry and sad all your life. God wants us victorious. He wants us happy. He wants us full of love and power and a sound mind. But if we're carrying around all this garbage on the inside, instead of pouring it out and talking to our Father, He is so good, and He wants to help us with every little thing. Every little thing. I don't care if you lose your contacts in a haymow. He's right there helping you find Him. You know? He's right there helping you do it. He's right there. So, so Hannah persevered in asking for her son. She didn't just stop. She poured out her heart. She prayed. She prayed. She persevered in that. And then, of course, we've seen where the early church in Acts 12, you don't need to turn there, but where the early church was praying fervently without ceasing. They were praying for Peter, who was locked in prison. And you've heard me talk about that before. That was such a, a tough time because I think they had just put James to death. And that guy, the, the head guy wanted to, oh, I'm going to put Peter to death too and get more than one feather in my cap, you know? And so he, he um, but the church was fervently praying, fervently praying, fervent, fervently praying, okay? They come together in one accord, and they were praying fervently for the situation. That's without ceasing. And, and praying fervently is not just um, your soul, but it's spirit, soul, and body is all involved in that fervent prayer. All of it's involved. Now, you can be praying in the spirit and your mind's over here doing something else. You can, you, you can do that. Um, I, don't, I don't like to promote that, but that happens when you're just praying in spirit. Praying in the spirit and intercession is two different things. Praying in the spirit is building yourself up. Okay? So it's two different things. But anyway, when you're praying in the spirit and you're in your you're doing intercession, you're standing in the gap. You're standing in the gap for those that person. You're praying without ceasing. It's done, spirit, soul, and body. It's done all together. You, your mind isn't over here thinking about what you need to fix for lunch. Your mind is all involved in your intercession. Okay, it's involved in the intercession. It's focused on the intercession, spirit, soul, and body, spirit, soul, and body. Okay. Um, so let's look at a couple last scripture verses, Luke 11. I, I, I hope I wanted you to get a better picture of perseverance. Um, it's not just, um, it's not just holding on, but it's doing something while you're holding on. And let's see. Luke 11, 5 through 10. Okay, so this is a, 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 another example, a New Testament of perseverance. 
And he said to them, suppose one of you, Jesus is talking here, one of you shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, let me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he shall hear, he shall answer and say, do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Who's our friend? Jesus, God, our father. He will. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Perseverance. And I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Amen? So there's a perseverance that's, that's done in prayer. And just flip over here a little bit to Luke 18. And we'll... Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Luke 18.1. It says, Now he was telling them a parable. And this is uh, the woman with, with the judge. Uh, he was telling them a parable to show that at all times... They ought to pray and not to lose heart. And so you can go on and read about the the lady and the judge, and that's another area of, another good example of perseverance. Okay? Um, I'm going to have to do Joshua because I spent a lot of time on that this morning. Joshua 1.9. Let's go there. And I think Joshua and the battle of Jericho, um, I think, I believe is a good example of intercession as well. How many times did they circle the city of Jericho? Does anybody remember? Seven on the seventh time. You know, the number seven is completion. It's, it's a, it's, uh, no, I don't think so. Um, anyway, so let's start with, I want to, I'm going to jump around a little bit, but verse nine in, in chapter one, um, Actually, all of it's really good, but if you look at, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, wherever you go, okay? And um, and then I want you to see, of course, God is already preparing their hearts. Um, let's look at verse 14. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. No. Uh, let's, uh, let's, well, let's 10. Let's just go on with 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. And to the Rebunites and to the Gadites and to half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. Your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But you shall cross 
before your brothers in battle array, all your valiant warriors, and shall help them. Now, I thought that was really key. He told them, he told them, some of them were going to stay on this side because God had already made the provision that was their, their, their possession. But he also said, you go and go help your brothers possess the land on the other side of the Jordan. And so, see, that's what, as an intercessor, we, we need to help our brothers and sisters possess what's already been given them. You see? We need to help them possess that. So we stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters and, and um, pray on their behalf and with them. So, but you shall, continuing in verse 14, but you shall cross before your brothers in battle array all your valiant warriors and shall help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he gives you and they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. So he told them to go over and help them possess the land. Then you can go back and rest. Okay. Verse 16, and they answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Okay, and so then there's all that part about Rahab. And then um, over here, chapter 3. Chapter 3. They were starting to take the Ark of the Covenant, and they were told to stay back away from the Ark so many feet. The Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of the Lord. Okay? And as we go into intercession, remember that we take the presence of the Lord with us. He said he never leave you or forsake you, but he will help you do battle. Amen? He'll help you do battle. Okay, so that's part of us, verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Um, let's see then. I think, let's see, go to um, verse 12 of chapter 4. I just want you to see, uh, and the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over in battle array before the sons of Israel, just as Moses had spoken, about 40,000 equipped for war. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, verse 14, just as they had revered, revered Moses all of the days of his life. Now the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests who carried the ark of the testimony that they come up from the Jordan. And so it goes on, and then there was the stones, verse 23. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea. Verse 24, that all the peoples of the earth may know that the the hand of the Lord is mighty so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Okay, so. Okay. Then it goes on, the conquest of Jericho, chapter 6. Verse 1, we'll, we'll finish up here. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the sons of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. That's exactly how it is sometimes when you get ready to go into intercession. You cannot see how to break down the demonic influences or stop what's going on. And if you think back a couple of weeks ago when we started hearing that someone else had won the election, 
and everything looked, everything looked wrong. I don't know how many of you were listening in your spirit when I was watching the election that night. When they stopped the counting, I knew on the inside of me right away it was wrong. Something was wrong. And also, um, there was another thing that happened, and you, you knew on the inside it was wrong. But, but everything looked wrong. Everything, everything didn't go according to what we felt like God wanted to do in the whole thing, the landslide, all of that. So see, it looked like it was tightly shut up and there was no way to get in. But God's church was travailing and interceding and crying out to God because we knew, the church knew what God's will is, and we were praying it into manifestation. So now we're praying it into manifestation. You're starting to see there's cracks in that wall. Cracks in the wall? Cracks in the wall. Okay. Verse 2, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and with valiant warriors, and you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Six days. Can you see the intercession in that? Can you see the the stand in, in interceding? They were patient. They were waiting for God's instruction. But all the while, they were making the enemy nervous, weren't they? Standing. Standing, making nervous. So I want you to see how I believe that 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 is a classic example of intercession. You can go on and read down through that and and their instruction and when they were to shout because they knew they had the victory. They already knew they had the victory. It didn't look like it. The wall was still there. The wall was still up. It was just as thick as it ever been. But they praised God and everything came tumbling down. Amen? And that's what they gave. They shouted. They, they praised God and knew that they had the victory. So they praised God. And that's what you want to do when you know that you know that you know. God has instructed you in intercession. You know that you know that you know you have the victory. And start shouting and praising. Amen? Start shouting and praising. So I, I, I wanted that. I believe the Lord wanted that to be a instruction and persevering. Not to look at what's going on around you or look at the circumstances or you intercede one time and nothing's changed. You persevere until it comes to it, until it comes into God's will, into the manifestation of God's will. You persevere. You persevere. Amen. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you, Father. We speak encouragement to the body of Christ. Father, as we stand right now in the gap for the body of Christ, we, 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 Father, we, we pray that they don't become complacent. They don't become uh, over over um, um, zealous and not do anything. But Father, they stay vigilant. They stay alert. They stay persevering and continuing to do what you instruct them to do. To hold fast, Father. To hold fast to the confession of their faith. Father, not wavering. Clear to the end. Bringing about your will, Father, for this country. We just declare that righteousness does reign. We declare Jesus is Lord over this country. And Father, we just make a declaration to hold fast, to hold fast to what you've called us to do. We make a declaration to hold fast, to pray in your will and your kingdom come and your will to be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.